Welcome, friends. You are here for episode 100 of the Love Your People Well podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I mean, let's just take a moment and say praise be to God that we're here at episode 100, which in reality is more like episode 150 because every week we also have a little half episode, our Friday Faith follow-up episode to just continue the conversation. But episode 100 is a big deal. And so thank you so much for listening and for sharing about the podcast with your friends. Thank you for being a part of this community because God is using this ministry to strengthen families all across the world. And that is such a humbling gift for me to be a part of that. And such a blessing to know that he is is using this, using the knowledge and the the skills and things that he has taught me over the years to encourage and help you and so many women and families. I'm so glad that you are here. I'm so glad that you're investing your time and your energy in family life. Because my friend, I know it is not always easy. It is not always fun. It's not always, you know, the giggles and the cute selfies that we wish it would be all the time. Real life is hard and draining and overwhelming and there's conflict and all sorts of things that can distract us from investing in family life. But you are here. You are doing that hard work of loving your people well through the good and the bad. And so thank you for being here. I'm so glad that I get to be a small part of your journey. Thank you for the honor that that is. And we are going to talk today in episode 100 about some of those harder seasons of family life, about how to not just survive them, not just get through those hard seasons, but to actually build and strengthen your family relationships as you walk through them in the times of celebration and joy, but also the times of, of sadness and discouragement and disappointment, because all of that is, is just kind of real life for families. And we want to, we want to get through it, but we also want to grow through it. We want to help our people, our kids, especially learn how to deal with these seasons of life And we want to figure out how to deal with it ourselves. And so that is where we are heading today in our conversation as we celebrate 100 episodes of the Love Your People Well podcast. Let's dive into today's conversation. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Well, my friends, as we jump into our conversation today, let me start off by highlighting a few resources for you because we actually have a brand new freebie um, to celebrate our 100th episode. We have got a new freebie, the 100 ways to love your people well, 100 ideas 
for loving God, loving yourself, loving your husband and your kids. Some of these are very practical action steps and others are more of principles in those relationships to think about, meditate on, to lead you in how you approach those relationships. So all 100 of these ideas are are for you <laughs> and they're going to be helpful and you can get them online right now at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 100 ways. Okay, so 100 ways. Now, if you leave off the word ways and you just go to loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 100, you will get to the show notes for today's episode and it will have a link to that freebie. So either way, you're going to get to the right spot. And uh, and while I'm talking about resources, let me remind you, we have a lot of stuff on the website. We have other freebies. We have a line of devotionals. Um, I'm actually transitioning all of the paid resources, the devotionals and all of that over to the Love Your People Well Etsy shop so that it's all in one place. Uh, That just makes my life a little bit easier because we've already got a lot of smaller like practical tools on the Etsy shop, planners, um, prayer journals, advent calendars, you know, with scriptures, things like that. Lots of good stuff. And actually, I do have a sale on the Etsy shop right now. Buy three, get 20% off um, because I'm adding more stuff (laughs) as I transition things over. And I thought that would be really fun. Um, So lots of stuff out there for you. And let me also point out some previous episodes because um, I've heard that that is really helpful for folks if this topic is meaningful and we've already talked about it in the past, you might find those episodes meaningful as well. So some earlier episodes that also speak to this this concept or this uh, idea of building relationships, even as you're going through hard seasons of life, you might want to check out episode 53, How the Gospel Changes Us, Shapes Our Family Life, and Brings Us Peace and Happiness. Episode 67 and a half, so that Friday Faith follow-up, was my number one most impactful routines in the four priorities of my life, spiritual growth, mental health, emotional wellness, marriage, and motherhood. Episode 73 was dealing with the overwhelming seasons of life, nine super practical tips to live by grace and replace stress with success as a busy mom. And then episode 78 was wanting more peace in your heart, your home, or your life, Let's look at my favorite 10 Bible passages about the peace of God. So those are some earlier episodes that you might find really helpful um, as we jump into today's conversation about building relationships through every season of family life. Now, I will remind you of my disclaimer. I'm a therapist, but this podcast is not therapy. It's not professional advice. There's always a link in the um, episode description that provides uh, more information on my thoughts about mental health, finding a counselor, things like that, Um, which, you know, when we're going through hard seasons of life, that might be something that you're thinking about. So let's jump into this conversation today. Um, And when we think about family life, for most of us, that starts with the wedding ceremony, right? You meet the guy, and then you get married, and your family starts. And one of the more classic vows that we make, or maybe two of them, that might guide us in our conversation today are that we promise to love each other, to be faithful to each other in sickness and in health, for richer or for poorer. Basically, we're saying we want the good stuff, we want the health, we want the richness, we want the comfort, 
We want the peace and security and purpose and fun. We want happiness in life. But we recognize and are committing at that moment, committing to togetherness, even in the harder seasons. We recognize that family life is not only happiness and peace and purpose and fun. It's also sickness. It's also losing jobs. It's also having fights and dealing with cancer and, you know, watching your, a tornado tear through your hometown. I mean, who knows the crazy stuff that life will bring. And we need our family to be a center of stability during these hard seasons. And we need our family to be our champions and our supporters and our encouragers and our celebrators during those happy seasons, during the fun times. We are not just there for the hard times. We are there for the fun times too. And sometimes we think it's all going to be happy, fun and games, but that is just not reality. And most of us don't have to be married very long before we start to figure that out. And the same is true when we have kids. It's glorious and it's wonderful. And then you don't sleep for two months, two years, 20 years, you know, whatever it looks like for your family. And our kids are real people and they don't listen to us and they hit their siblings and they start actually getting on our nerves sometimes. And so we have the joy, we have the wonder of this relationship, but we also have moments of sadness and struggle and change. And it starts right there as we promise that in sickness and in health for richer or for poorer, we are committing to this person and to this new family that God is creating. So how do we walk through that? How do we walk through the good and the bad and not just survive it, but grow and deepen those relationships? This is something that I've really been thinking about over these past few weeks as I've got toddlers running around and a newborn and lots of change, lots of stress, lots of things going on that are very difficult. And I find myself praying for God to give me the eyes to see, but also just the heart attitude to enjoy this hard season of life. Because there are so many wonderful moments during the day, even when the kids are cranky and all the things are going on in life. Um, But also this season of life, I want to enjoy their toddlerhood, because I know what a magical and wonderful time of family life that is. But it's hard (laughs) to get on board with how difficult and challenging that exact same season is can be. And so I've been wrestling through this. I mean, I've helped countless people in the counseling room wrestle through similar seasons for their families, but we all know it's different when you have to actually walk through it yourself. And so there have been a few takeaways for me, and that is what I want to share today. I've got five particular takeaways that help us, or at least that are helping me, and that I have seen help other people walk through the good seasons, but also the hard seasons, and actually build those relationships. So the first um, tip or encouragement that I would have here is to lean into God in the good seasons and the bad. And for a lot of us, we kind of lean in one direction or the other. Either it's really natural to praise God and pray and think about God and all of this, 
and be thankful when things are good. Like we're, we're happy and we're cheerful and we want to thank God for that. And that comes very naturally. But then when things are bad, we just kind of get inside our own little shell, our own little bubble. We're trying to handle it ourselves or we're angry and we don't necessarily lean into God in the same way. And others of us kind of go the opposite direction. When things are good, we just kind of, we're on autopilot. We're not thinking about it. You know, we might give a shout out to God every now and again, but we're kind of thinking without without saying it in words, but we're kind of living life as if like, I've got this, I've got it under control. Things are good. But then when things fall apart, when we have those seasons of hardship and change and struggle, that is when we're on our knees in prayer. We're diving into God's word. We're trying to seek his face and seek his will because we need something to change. But if we really want to grow in our family relationships And to grow individually as women who are following after Jesus, we need to be leaning into God in the good and the bad. And we see this in scripture. There are so many books of the Bible that people try to avoid because they're just, they're awkward or they're depressing or they're difficult. I mean, when was the last time you read Lamentations or Ecclesiastes or even the book of Job? Um, And even just the Psalms, that is a great place to lean into God through the good and the bad seasons because the Psalms go through the good and the bad seasons of life. It's all there. And even in the New Testament, we can look at the life of the Apostle Paul and see there are some great moments, some mountaintop moments, and there's, you know, shipwrecks and beatings and horrible things that happen. Um, We get reality check in the Bible that there's good and there's bad, and God is present through all of it. God is faithful through all of it. God is good through all of it. And so if you really want to build your family relationships, strengthen your marriage, go deeper with your kids, teach your kids how to handle the good and the bad and to kind of find some amount of peace and stability through all of that change that happens, you need to be leaning into God. And that includes reading his word. I just highlighted a few different books in the Bible that tend to be on the maybe more depressing side. Um, Trust me, there are plenty of great books as well. Colossians, Philippians. I mean, those are some of my favorites. And plus, they're a lot shorter than the book of Job. Um, But there's plenty of more encouraging books of the Bible as well. But we need to be reading all of it. We need to be praying regularly. We need to be talking about who God is. Because even as our circumstances change, his character does not. And the more that we can talk with our kids and, and even just remind ourselves in our prayer time and worship time about the faithful steadfastness of God, he's not changing. His character never changes. The more we can focus there in our changing circumstances, the stronger our relationships will be because we're not basing them on our circumstances or our situation or our emotions We're centering our relationships on the Lord, the one faithful person in our life. And so that's my first tip or encouragement or however you want to think about it, is in the good and the bad seasons of family life, lean into God, who he is, what he says, 
what he has done in the past because that will show you what he will do in the future. Now, number two here is to know yourself and your people. Not just like, oh, what's everybody's you know favorite dinner and what can I make on a Tuesday night that everyone will actually eat? I mean, know yourself like personalities and preferences and how does everyone handle the good and the bad? How do your people like to celebrate when things are going well? You want to do that. <laughs> you want to celebrate. You want to take time to notice when things are wonderful and peaceful. Um, you want to take time to celebrate the the straight A's on the report card or the grade that went from a, a D to a C. I mean, that might not be the straight A's, but that is improvement and that is wonderful. You want to celebrate the highlight moments in your marriage, just like you want to celebrate waking up and being able to roll over in bed and look at each other. That's not a highlight moment. That's not an anniversary, but that is a blessing and a wonderful moment in your marriage. And so knowing how do we enjoy these moments, celebrate these moments as a family so everyone can feel included, everyone can feel important, everyone can enjoy the celebrations, but also knowing each other and how do you tend to handle change? What do you need when you're sad or you're sick? I mean, some of us need a hug when we're feeling really sad, when we've had a very discouraging day, and others of us need time alone. We don't want to be even with our favorite people, we might not really feel like eating because we're kind of down in the dumps or others want to eat even more because they're down in the dumps and it makes them feel better. I mean, everyone is different. And I'm not saying this is a time to evaluate the good or the bad as far as like, ooh, that's a healthy coping mechanism. Ooh, that's not so much. Or even just, oh, I also enjoy celebrating in that way. Let's do that because three of our five family members enjoy it. I'm saying everyone needs to be included and recognized so that we can try our very best to give each individual person what they need to celebrate and to struggle. And this includes you, my friend. You have a particular way of celebrating. Um, you have a particular way of of experiencing peacefulness in your home and in your life, as well as a particular way of responding to change and to those hard seasons of life. You might handle it well, you might handle it not so well, it might depend on the day, but all of us, including you, as well as your husband and your kids, every single person living in your home, you need to try to recognize how do they handle these various seasons of life and how can we as a family come together to support each other through that. So this is a big one. You know, I mentioned right now, this is something I'm really thinking through with with the craziness of toddlerhood and everything else going on and really wanting to enjoy it, even though it's really difficult some days and I'll, you know, I get angry or I get frustrated or I'm really tired. You know, that comes up a lot of things that try to threaten my enjoyment of this season. One of the things that I know about myself is that I get really cranky when I'm hungry. Now, you might think, uh, Jessica, most of us do. It's called being hangry. It's a real thing, and I totally agree with you. But my husband, he doesn't get so cranky when he's, hus when, when he's husband. Huh. He doesn't get so cranky when he's hungry. 
I mean, he probably gets a little bit, but like you don't really notice it, at least on the outside. But trust me, everyone in my household knows when I missed a snack because I'm just a lot shorter with my kids and I get frustrated more easily. I grumble more often. This is something that I know about myself. And I've known it for a long time. This is not something that's new as of having children. And so I have learned over the years to keep snacks in my purse. And I have learned over the years (laughs) that I need to acknowledge this out loud to kind of put everyone else on alert, I guess I would say. Like, I will sometimes tell my husband when he gets home from work, like, hey, uh, I'm really hungry, (laughs) so... Uh, We're going to have an early dinner tonight or, you know, I'll just kind of give him a heads up so he knows when I'm cranky that there's a reason for it. Now, that's not an excuse by any means, but it does help me to understand what's going on. It can help him understand what's going on. I'm sure as my kids get older and can understand it, it will help them. But it not only helps us like make sense of the emotions and the situation, but it helps me figure out an action plan. I know when I notice, gosh, I am just feeling really frustrated, I better go have a snack. It's not going to solve the problem, but it does usually help me feel a little bit better. And when we're in harder seasons, seasons of change, seasons of of disappointment and sadness, when we were walking through Um, years of infertility and trying to get pregnant and and dealing with the ups and downs of that, all the emotions with that. Um, I'm not saying I had a lot more snacks (laughs) during those seasons, but I do know those are times when I really need to be intentional about not missing meals and not only, you know, picking out on junk food and that sort of thing, because that might fill up your belly, but it's not actually making you feel very good. And so I sometimes have to be more intentional Not just about, am I eating, so I'm not cranky, but what am I eating? When am I eating? Am I eating regularly? During hard seasons of life, I try to be more intentional about that because it just helps me emotionally manage the hardship in a way that I don't necessarily need when things are really good. So that's obviously a very specific example for me personally, (laughs) But know you, know your husband, your kids. What do you all experience during the good and the bad? What do you all need during the good and the bad? How can you come together to understand and support through the various seasons of life? My third tip here is to expect hard emotions And expect that everyone in your family will struggle at some point to handle those hard emotions. So it's kind of a two-parter here, but it really helps us basically to have reasonable expectations of how our family will handle emotions. Because when, when change is happening, when hard seasons are not just in the future, not just behind us, not just coming soon, but right smack in the middle of our life today, we're dealing with that, we need to expect that we're going to struggle emotionally. And we, some of us handle that well, and a lot of us don't. A lot of us try to brush that under the rug. A lot of us try to, um, you know, just smile through the pain, fake it till you make it kind of thinking. A lot of us um, get really annoyed and irritated when 
our family members show hard emotions. Our kids are, are cranky or whiny or struggling, or maybe our husband is a little more distant or a little more emotional or complaining more or, you know, whatever it is, we need to have a more realistic expectation that emotions will go up and down for our family. And when we have hard emotions, I don't, this is maybe a little side note here. I don't like to think of them as good emotions and bad emotions. Some people do talk about it like that. But sadness is not a bad emotion. Anger is not a bad emotion. They are harder emotions, but they are a very normal and appropriate part of life. It is not your goal to erase anger from your household. (laughs) What you want to do is handle it well, um, channel that anger, make sure it's toward appropriate things. I mean, you know, we want to manage it well, but the actual emotion is not bad. I would say it's more of a hard emotion. And we need to expect that in family life over the course of time, everyone will experience those hard emotions and they're not always going to handle it well. So it can really help us partially just to have that more realistic perspective so that when people are, you know, cranky (laughs) during a difficult season of life, it just, it makes a little bit more sense. It's a little bit easier to deal with because we understand why it's happening. When someone is um, very emotional, maybe they're crying more frequently, they're having some mood swings. Now, I don't mean excessive, like this is dangerous mood swings, but just the ups and downs maybe of postpartum season of life. I've gone through that recently myself. Uh, Maybe your kid's going through puberty or, you know, just big changes happening in in life, you might see those ups and downs. You might see more teariness or whatever that is because, again, everyone in your family is going to handle it differently. But knowing that that's why it's happening and that it makes sense, that mindset perspective can often be really helpful. But also, this helps us recognize those changes in emotions early on and then have a plan for handling them. So instead of brushing them under the rug, instead of ignoring them, instead of being surprised by them or frustrated by them, we can say, oh, okay, I know why that's happening. Maybe I'm not excited about it, but I understand it. And based on my past experience, I have some ideas for how to handle it. For myself, I know, okay, I'm cranky. I'm going to have a snack because I've learned from past experience that that is helpful. Number four is to aim in your general family life, aim for day-to-day rhythms and routines that are more focused on your life priorities than on a to-do list. And this can be so hard. I mean, I am guilty of this myself. I love to have a to-do list. I love to check stuff off. I love to feel productive. But there are zero places in scripture. No, that's not true. I can think of one. Okay, there's only one place in scripture where God is specifically excited about and promoting and praising people for being productive. The one exception I'm thinking of is the parable Jesus tells about um, the people who are given those various amounts of money, you know, here's your 10 coins, and he invests it and does well with it. And then when the owner comes home and he says, oh, you did a great job, you're going to get more, and he gives someone else five coins, they also invest it. Um This is obviously my paraphrase, not nearly as eloquent as Jesus gave it. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, these different people, someone gets 10, someone gets five, someone gets one, how they handle that money. Do they invest it? Are they productive with it? Um, you know, that determines the response that they get when the owner comes home. The person who only got one coin, but then just buried it, did not invest it, did not try to be productive with it. Um, they are not praised for that. They are criticized for that. And so I'm not saying that God doesn't care about how we invest our talents, our time, our energy, you know, what our to-do list might look like. He does care, but he cares far more deeply about what do our relationships look like. He cares far more deeply about what are the values that we are instilling in our children and what are the, um, the priorities about how we structure our time where do we spend our money? What do we put on our calendar? What do we say yes to or no to? Are those things that align with God's priorities? Or are those things that are simply making us feel good because I'm checking a lot of things off a list? No one's life is going to be changed whether my kitchen table is clean or dirty. Now, my family is going to enjoy dinner a lot more if it's clean. I might feel better if I can look over during the day and it's clean. I'm looking at it right now as I'm recording this. And hey, it's clean, at least mostly. And that makes me happy. But that doesn't change my family relationships. And if something were to come up while I'm in the middle of cleaning that table, where you know, my kid hits their head or my husband calls with something important to talk about in the middle of the day, I want to deal with those relationship things, even if the to-do list thing doesn't get done. So aim for those day-to-day -day rhythms and routines that help you focus on the big priorities rather than the little to-do list task-oriented priorities. And then number five, this is again during the good seasons and the bad, the easy seasons and the hard Number five is to get one-on-one -on -one time, quality time, th those, those moments of connection with each of your people as often as you can. And, you know, again, for some of us, this is a lot easier when things are good and we're celebrating, we're happy. And for others of us, this is a lot easier when things are hard and we might feel more needy. Um, we might feel that desire for more connection, but we need to have that one-on-one -on -one quality time in the good and the bad. No matter how busy you are, you need to make time for this. No matter how um, isolated you might want to be because you're sad or you're discouraged and you just want to shut the door and get away from everyone, you still need to make an effort to get that one-on-one -on -one time to connect with your people. Now, why is this important? I mean, number one, it often makes us feel better. There is a lot of social science research out there about the benefits, um, you know, when you're sick or you're struggling or you're upset, the benefits of being with or near someone who you love and trust. There's a lot of benefits for that. So if you want to feel better, you probably want to be around the people that you care about because that's going to make you feel better. But number two, <laughs> this really helps us mediate those harder seasons when there is change coming or sadness or, you know, those difficult, darker seasons of family life, that those are a lot easier if we have gotten the quality connection time when things are good. Because the relationship is deeper. We know each other better. It doesn't feel as weird to spend time together, to sit down and have a family dinner together 
if that's kind of coming and going based on the season of life that you're in, it's probably not going to be as enjoyable. It's not going to be as deep and meaningful. Um, it might feel awkward even. You, you aren't really going to know what to do with the time because it comes and goes and it kind of depends on what things are happening or how people are feeling. And so it's not as trustworthy or stable. And so when you really need it to happen and want it to happen, it might not be as great as it could be. So in those harder seasons of family life, we really are strengthened in how we get through that season if we have gotten the one-on-one connection, quality time during the good seasons. And the same goes in reverse. If we are intentional about that one-on-one quality connection time when things are bad, when our kids are crying or our husband is struggling or you are struggling, when we can connect with each other during those hard seasons, we can enjoy the happy seasons so much more because we've built that trust. We know this person's going to be here for me when I need them. When the chips are down and it feels like the world is out to get me, this is my safe place. And we can enjoy that so much more during the happier seasons, the celebratory seasons, because we have built that relationship. And so I am definitely not saying, my friends, that these are the only five things that are going to help you build family relationships through every season of life. But I do know that these five tips, these five um, intentional focuses with your family are really going to help you strengthen those relationships. So let me recap them and we will wrap up for today. First of all, lean into God during the good and the bad, the happy and the sad, lean into God. Number two, know yourself and your people so that you not only know what to expect, but so that you can give each other what you need during the various seasons of life. Number three, expect hard emotions and expect that everyone's going to struggle with them at some point in time. They're not always going to handle them well. Number four, aim for day-to-day rhythms and routines that focus on your big picture life priorities rather than a to-do list. And number five, get that one-on-one quality time as often as you can in the good and the bad, when it's hard and when it's easy, because that really goes a long way to strengthen the relationship. And my friends, that is all I have for us today. So as we are celebrating episode 100 today, again, you can get all the show notes for today at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 100. As we are celebrating today, I know that does not mean that family life um, is happy is easy. I know that doesn't mean this podcast is always going to be happy and easy. It does not mean this community is just about those, you know, thankful Thursday moments of celebration. We have to have those. We have to celebrate. We have to notice the good and share that with others, share that with our people. But we can't think that that's the definition of the good life. We enjoy it when it comes But we really grow when things are harder. We see how our relationships strengthen. We see how how they handle things. We see what the foundation is when it feels like everything is falling apart. 
So we need the good and the bad. We need the celebrations and we need those moments of sadness, those moments of difficulty so that we can connect and encourage and ultimately build and strengthen those relationships. So friends, I am praying for you. I'm praying for this community and we'll be back on Friday. I always pray specifically in our Friday faith follow-up episodes and we'll be back this upcoming Friday diving a little bit deeper into some scriptures around these hard seasons of life and applying them to family relationships, looking at God's word and what that teaches us specifically about helping our family walk through those hard seasons. So until then, my friends, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.